number one, you have to take care of yourself, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Like I said earlier, your business is you. And if you're not okay, then your business is not going to be okay. Welcome to the No More Zero Days podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you move out of living zero days where you get absolutely nothing done towards accomplishing your goal for your life through listening to those that are already living out their dreams and how they've overcome their own obstacles. I'm your host, Eric Savage, and on today's episode, we have Sarah Smith, founder of the lifestyle jewelry brand and manufacturer, Ron Rebellious. Today's episode, to date, is the longest episode we have recorded thus far, as we truly dug into some really deep conversations that I know you're going to love. Because of this, I've annotated the timestamps for each section of our Q&A with Sarah in the description for this episode that will appear in any of the platforms you're listening to this episode right now. We truly get into some deep and vulnerable conversations around business, entrepreneurship, being single, dealing with failure, and a multitude of other topics I know you will love. So without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Why don't you tell me how you even came up with that idea of Ron Rebellious? I know this story and yeah. it's a great story. <laughs> Thank you. So I want us to start off there of how did you get into Robin Rebellious? How did the idea come into your mind? And then how did we kind of get to where we were today? Okay. Um, I'll try to make this as short as sweet as I can because it's been a three-year journey. Um, but I was at Auburn. I was about to go into my senior year. I had just gotten back from studying abroad in Spain, which is amazing. But I came back um, probably 10 pounds heavier and also just extremely broke. Um, and I always waitressed uh, through high school and college. And so I was waitressing, wasn't really cutting it. And I also had a major shopping addiction. I just couldn't really afford anything. So um, I went to this little antique store with my grandma when she was in town and bought some random like beads and charms and things like that. And I had no idea what I was doing, but I put some necklaces together with the help of my grandpa, who's just super handy, and um, started wearing the necklaces. And I'm just like, super extra in a lot of ways where I just like a lot of things like on me and so I wore a bunch of necklaces at one time and I measured them so that they kind of layered with each other and um, I wore them you know to work I wore them to this little country music festival like all out on the river during the summer and all my friends were like oh my god where'd you get those like make those for me and so I started making them for friends and then my family was like why don't you try to sell those and I was like no that's crazy and um at the time, I was making them for friends, and then I had a friend that owned a boutique in Madison, Alabama, where I'm from, called Shoe Fly, and so I reached out to her, and I was like, hey, um, I have these necklaces. Like, I don't know if y'all would ever want to buy them, and she's like, oh, perfect. Like, bring them in, type up an invoice, and we'll see what happens, and I was like, I don't know what the hell an invoice is, but okay, and so I remember I took some pictures of them on my neck, made a bunch. I was literally just measuring them on my neck. I had no system of anything. And they asked me to post on my personal Instagram about it that I was selling them. And when I did, I got tons of DMs, tons of comments, everyone wanting me to make them necklaces, ship it to them, um, all this craziness. And so I started doing that. And then I worked at a summer camp that summer. And so during the week, I was at that summer camp. And then on the weekends, I would go home, make jewelry, and then go back to camp. And um, from there, I went back to school, made a Instagram for the for the jewelry called Sarah Smith Designs um, and then a couple of months later I remember I'd make like my roommates model it for me um, and then a couple of months later uh, my best friend and I sat down and like 
she had me write down like a ton of words that she felt like or that I felt like described me and what I wanted uh, the business to look like. And at the time, I wasn't even really thinking of it as a business, just as like a fun Instagram account. And um, we settled on Ron Rebellious. I remember the options were Ron Rebellious, Kiss It Hello and Boho Education, which Thank God I didn't choose those. They're, I don't know. They're fun. Um, and then I had another friend um, that was in my sorority who now um, actually designs lingerie for Victoria's Secret. She's like crazy talented. And she like drew up some logos for me. I really loved lips and I kind of like the biting lip thing. Um, and so she drew up a couple logos for me. We decided on that. And um, from there, it just slowly started growing. I started wholesaling um, to different stores. Um and then I remember second semester got really crazy. I remember some days I would have to like skip class to make this jewelry, which my parents still to this day don't know. So I hope they don't listen to this. Um, and I mean, it was my senior year. So I was going out all, like every day. So we were like going out. I'd have to set an alarm for like 6 a.m., wake up, hungover, make necklaces, go to class, come back, make more necklaces. I mean, every time my roommates came home, I was just like making necklaces on our porch or on our apartment floor in my bedroom. I mean, there was beads everywhere. Um, and then when I graduated, so I graduated, um, I was actually planning on being a bilingual occupational therapist. So I studied Spanish. That was one of my majors. And then my other major is rehab and disability studies. Um, cause I've always had a huge passion for working with people with disabilities pretty much since I was young. Um, and so when I graduated, I was planning on originally moving to Spain for a year, just bartending or doing something like that just to get my fluency and then going to occupational therapy school, hopefully at, um, MUSC in Charleston. So that was like my plan. Of course, nothing ever goes to plan. Um, I remember I heard, I heard a quote once that said, if you want to make God laugh, then try to plan out your life. And that's so freaking true because I never would have seen where I am today as like my future. Um, so when I graduated, right before I graduated, we actually started working with, um, it used to be called 31 boutique, but it's now these three boutique, um, with Peyton, Riley, Macy, Jamie, um, those girls from Birmingham, if y'all know who they are, um, most people do. And I started working with them and they kind of were the ones I feel like that blew me up. Like, started snowballing me and once they started posting about me and sharing my necklaces and wearing my jewelry it just was a snowball effect and it just got so big so quick like right when I graduated I remember they posted about me and I was on a senior trip we had just graduated with my friends and my phone was in the house and I got back drunk from the beach and I checked my phone and at the time I was only taking orders through DM I didn't have a website and there's little like 99 plus in my DM requests and I was like what's going on I mean it was nuts and um, pretty much from there, I got home, hired my younger brother, my best friend, and then one of our family friends, and made my website, then went to Europe for three weeks with a couple of friends backpacking, and my like, 17, 18-year-old brother was like running the business, which no one really knew, which is pretty funny, um, and uh, my two friends. And then from there, I got more employees, and then kind of on a whim, decided to move to Atlanta. Because uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then at that point, I found a house with a couple random roommates. And the house had an extra bedroom. So I used it as my office. And I remember we were moving in. And my dad took my card and went to the store to buy, like, a real printer. Like, a really expensive one for all the orders and stuff that we did. And I remember, like, he called me and told me the price was, like, $400. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I'm doing this. Like, that was the moment where I was like... 
because at the, I mean, up until then I was making necklaces and buying materials and stuff to order. And like, I was working out of my apartment in college or like out of my parents' living room. And so I felt like once I had that office space, that was when I was committing. And then I was hiring like real employees in Atlanta, like with paperwork and stuff, you know? And so I feel like when I did that, it was a really scary leap for me because it was me consciously diverting. Is that the right word? Diverting? Yeah. Um, from my life plan, I was planning on being an occupational therapist. My mom's an OT. So I was planning on doing that like my whole life. And it turned from like, Oh, this little side thing. I used to always like, when I used to talk about it, I used to always like super downgrade and be like, Oh yeah. Like I just make jewelry, like whatever. Um, and I was kind of taking that leap and committing to something that was so scary and unknown for me. I didn't know any entrepreneurs. I, I still don't even really consider myself an entrepreneur. I mean, I know that's what I am, but like it's weird for me to think of myself like that because I don't have any family really or like anything like that that I've ever looked up to to think that like, oh, like I'd love to start my own thing one day or I'd love to do my own thing. Um, and from there, we've grown so much. I've made so many mistakes. I mean, I have no business training, no financial training, no marketing training. I mean, I've had a lot of tears, <laughs> cried a lot, a lot of really late nights. Um, it's probably one of the hardest Things I've ever done, owning your own business is not as glamorous as people think, um, but I love it. I mean, it's my baby. It's something that I built myself and um, that I've gotten to see grow and make a difference. And I've really got to, um, you know, mold my business and make it something that I can be passionate about and that I can be proud of. Um, and I continue to learn. I continue to make mistakes. But I mean, the journey has been incredible and I love every second of it. Not every second, but most of it. <laughs> So quick little story before we get into it, I want to ask you some, just pick your brain on stuff because I think yeah. your story is fascinating. Thank you. So I was on a date last week with someone and it was a first date and it went great and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, as you're kind of stumbling through that, we all do the first date of kind of you get past that. So tell me about what you yeah. do and all the cliche, obvious things that you know yeah. about the person. Then you actually have to get to like having real, real conversation. conversation. And she was like, yeah, I see you like working with that Rod and Rebellious company all the time. Like, that's so cool. I oh follow them. And, and not to dilute what Rod and Rebellious is because it's definitely a brand. But I was like, yeah, you know, like there's just one girl that runs it. Right. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like. It's her name's Sarah Smith. She's amazing. Like, yeah. she's one of my actual like personal friends. Yeah. Like, she's really caring. And she was just sitting there like jaw to the floor. And then I was like, uh, or, or not I was like, but she was like, yeah, like I, I really wonder like what wholesaler they get their jewelry from. Like, it's really mm -hmm. cute. Like, I never see anything like it. And I'm like, you know, they make it from scratch, yeah. right? <laughs> and then I swear, like, I had to go pick her jaw off the floor because yeah. she just like. <laughs> Gosh, her mind so was funny. so blown that a Ron rebellious was a byproduct of, uh, of one woman. Yeah. And then, you know, I know you have employees, but it's, you know, run by right, one person right. and then it's handmade jewelry. And, uh -huh. and so I, I know you just even touched on that in, in your amazing story. And I think that that's such a incredible thing that I want to ask you about here before we kind of mm -hmm. skip past this kind of genesis of Ron rebellious, because I, I think that there's a, so many opportunities of people that both you and I know of, you know, not necessarily even jewelry companies, but even boutiques of, yes, it's a ton of freaking hard work, but they're getting their products from wholesalers, wholesalers and other things, which again, right. it doesn't make it easier. It's just a different set of challenges different than avenue, what you face, yeah. because I think it's, it's probably in, you'd be like, well, no duh. It's like <laughs> doubly hard because now not only are you trying to run this business that you just talked about with no real business background, but you're also making the product. Yeah. So you're depending on other people to come in, to work, to mm -hmm. meet your standards. And then and then to me, what I would think from the outside looking in, one of the hardest parts is then 
you have to come up with new you know styles and new colors because mm -hmm. everyone else can just go to mart and right. you know people are presenting them things and they're getting to kind of eat the buffet style of i want this and this and this versus right. you're like we got to make it yeah <laughs> so tell me about that like you you may have touched on it with your story but when did you decide or or how did you get inspired of like i want to make the products myself versus right. i just want to build this brand or it's fun or i love jewelry and then the part two to that is Talk about some of the challenges of, of making your own products, of coming up with those designs or things that you've learned along the way. Because I think it's really fascinating. It's different than anybody yeah, else. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought that up because um, I think a lot of people don't realize that. And that is a part of our story that we ha we are a handmade jewelry company. Um, but I mean, I started this making it myself. And I I mean, I was just making it on my bedroom floor, you know, for, for like over a year. And I think one of the scariest things when I finally needed help and I just couldn't handle the volume by myself anymore was trusting someone else to make it as good as me because I mean not as or not as well as me but just like the quality that I made it because I trust myself and I know when I'm making it that it's not going to break and that it's like good quality jewelry um but asking someone else to do that and like training someone else and wanting someone else no one else is going to care about this as much as I do and trusting someone else to do that was absolutely terrifying for me. And it's still really scary for me. And I mean, we've had issues with employees or we've had to let people go because they just weren't, they didn't care enough and they were treating it like it didn't matter. And at the end of the day, it's my name attached to this business and this is my business. And it's so important for me that people are getting quality jewelry at a quality price. Um, but I think handmade is really important. I think there's something to be said about that. And I mean, I started it as a handmade jewelry company. I want it to stay that way. Um, and I also try to, I mean, price everything as cheap as I can too, but people have to understand that these are real girls making this jewelry. And so our prices reflect that because I, I have to pay people to do this. You know, it's not like I'm just buying all this crap from overseas and just selling it to people. Um, and so that when people know that it is handmade and people know the people behind it, sometimes they're more accepting of like what we're doing, I guess, if that makes sense, um, and more intrigued by it. Um, but it, I mean, it comes with a lot of challenges. I mean, having employees, that's always hard, like trusting in people um, to do things that you once did on your own. I mean, it's amazing having so much help because it allows me, because I do all the social media, all the marketing, all the content, like the pop-ups, I, I do everything. And so it's so nice having people to help me do other things so that I'm able to really grow the business. Um, and I mean, another thing that's really hard, I, like I really, I design everything and I really enjoy that. I never feel pressure necessarily that like oh I need to come up with the new stuff because I, I can't really design things like on a time schedule like it, I'll have it on my calendar like need to, to design like game day by x date and like I'll have it on my to-do list every day but like if I'm not like not to be like too like woo-woo but if I'm not like feeling in this like creative mindset like I can't force myself to do it I really I like I turn on music I light a candle I like sit down have like everything in front of me and like really just like mix and match and like play like it's fun for me but I want it to be fun like I don't want to like have it on a schedule and like force myself to do it um so that part's not really challenging I think what's challenging for me number one is keeping up with trends and seasons because things move so quickly and I'm not a planner at all in my personal life or just in life in general I'm very spontaneous and I love being that way and I've really had to learn I mean I'm supposed to be coming up with winter things in the summer, you know? And like, it's been like a constant, like trying to keep up and it's still like that. And I'm slowly learning, but it's still, 
I feel like I'm always playing catch up and I feel like I'm always just a little bit late on things. And so I think that's just going to be like a learning curve and like I'll eventually get there. And I think with more help too, like as we grow, it'll give me more time to really dedicate time to those kind of things. Um, I think the biggest thing, and this really bothered me at the beginning, um, and I've slowly just had to like not think about it is people imitating my designs. I mean, when I first started, I think one of the reasons why we blew up and we did so well is because girls weren't on Instagram making jewelry. It was like a very new thing. Instagram was still like kind of new. I mean, not really, but like it was still kind of like popping off and like bloggers were and influencers were like just starting to get started. Like that was like before they were really starting. This was in like 2016. So there wasn't anything like it out there. Like the layering was so new. The handmade jewelry was so new. The style of it was really new. And now, I mean, you could throw a rock and hit 20 girls doing the same thing I am. And it sucks because the, I don't block anyone. They the, Anyone can follow me. But like girls steal my photos. Girls steal my ideas. They steal my names. They steal my designs. And I can't do anything about it. I mean, and it's so frustrating because all of these things are literally created out of my mind, out of thin air. I don't follow any other jewelry accounts because I don't want to be influenced at all. I get all of my inspiration when I'm traveling. I'll literally stop girls on the street if I see something beautiful. And when I'm in Italy and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, can I take a picture of your neck? Like, I love this. Like, I get inspiration from my, my personal experiences in my life and you can't replicate that. And so when I'm designing things and I'm making things, I really try to pull from authentic things that come from me because I want it to be as unique as possible. But it's so hard to stay unique when girls are constantly copying you. But what I've had to focus on, I mean, that used to really get me down and like really, really upset me. And I would constantly like look at these accounts and be like, oh, this is so frustrating. But now I don't look at anything. If they want to copy me, that's fine. I mean, I have a girl copying that copied my website, like carbon copied my old website and we made a new one. Like at, my, at this point, like my motto is like, keep up because we have prints now. We have phone cases. We have game day buttons. I have so many ideas and so many plans for the next couple years. And like people aren't going to like, you can keep copying my stuff, but you're always going to be a step behind. And what I really try to focus on now, no one has my brand. No one's me and no one has Ron Rebellious. And like, I don't think anyone can replicate Ron Rebellious because there's so many different facets to it. And like, not only is it a jewelry company, but it's so much more than that. I have so many passions for philanthropy, for giving back, for um, including girls with disabilities and inclusion. Um, and I, I really want it. I've talked about this before to I really want to create like this all encompassing, like inspiring fashion brand that girls go to for inspo that people feel like they're a part of like I want my customers to feel like they're part of a community they're part of a safe place like I love when girls DM me and ask me for advice whether it's about fashion or they send me pictures of a dress for a formal that they have and they're like what can I layer with this um, we've started doing a ton of stuff um, like that and really growing and we're growing in our products so at this point I just try to you know keep my head down and just stay in my own lane and I think that that's helped me a lot to kind of overcome the bad feelings I was harboring towards people trying to take my stuff. At this point in, in our episode, like I feel like from the outside looking in, like people may listen to you and love what you're saying, but they may see like this like linear trajectory of just like, she did this thing. She made this, the name of it. And then she <laughs> bought this printer and then it was real. And it was, <laughs> then she worked with the Thomases and it was just all sunshine and rainbows yeah. and it was great and it was easy. And she's, you know, this is all just easy stuff so far. Like, I I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm not going to assume, but I'm just going to put it out there because, like, 99.9% and myself included in this percent of people that start their own thing, there is so much, like, 
negativity, overcoming adversity, personal anxiety, even like depression of self-doubt of like, is this really for me? And it's always the difference between the people that can move out of those moments and keep going are the ones that truly make it. So I want to pose to you the question of, was there ever a time in raw and rebellious history or even your personal history that caused, you know, that influenced raw and rebellious that was like a, am I really cut out to do this? Is this really what I'm supposed to be doing? Can this really even be a real brand? Talk to me about a moment or any of those moments, if, if there are some, because I don't know, and then how you were able to overcome that. Um, that is a great question. Um, so pretty much the first like two years, I mean, it was so hard. And like I was up until like 3 a.m. waking up early, working, working, working. I mean, there's a lot of nights, like a lot of tears, like I said, um, where I would get frustrated and I'd get really stressed. But me personally, and I've always been like this, I'm really good at compartmentalizing. And so I would kind of compartmentalize that stress. And I don't have any anxiety. I don't have any depression or anything like that, um, luckily. And so it never got to be like, I was stressed, but I love being busy. Like I've been, I love multitasking. I've been that way since I was little. My mom used to read to me and I would like make lanyards while she would read to me or, you know what I mean? Like I was, I like doing things while I'm doing things. And so because I am the way I am, it worked for me. Um, and as stressful as it was, I was just like loving it and we were growing so quickly and like everything was and not sunshine and roses, but like it was amazing. Like so much fun. I was making like a ton of money that I like I was broke like all the time, like through college and stuff. My my dad like laughs now because I was never the girl in college that like had her parents' credit card ever. My parents did not give me that much money. And they did it because they were they didn't want to spoil me. And my dad laughs now. He's like, if you weren't broke, then you wouldn't have ever started this. So you're welcome. <laughs> um and probably I'm trying to think. I guess it was like last year, so 2018. Um we were like on this high, everything was great. And I think part of this and not trying to, everyone always talks about the Instagram algorithm, but the Instagram algorithm really screwed me. Um, because if you think about it, when I first started, I mean, yeah, maybe I had like 10, 20,000 followers, but all 10 and 20,000 of those people saw everything that I posted. And Instagram is our primary form of advertising. So all those people seeing all those things, they would be buying all those things, you know? And when they changed the algorithm and they made it so that, I mean, we have like, 68,000 followers right now. I'm not even sure how many we have. And if you look at our analytics on our stories, sometimes 5,000 people see our stories. And on our posts, sometimes we'll get 300 likes. You know, I mean, it's just, it's so hard to figure out how to get people to just see your stuff. Because if that's how you're advertising, that's how you're getting people to see your stuff and people aren't seeing it, then who are you posting for? And so last year, I don't know. I mean, I think when you own something, and Eric, I'm sure you can relate to this, like if you're in a bad place or you're not feeling like your best, your company is going to reflect that 100%. And I'm I'm learning all this retrospectively because right now everything's fabulous, but for about a year things weren't. And I mean, and right now, like I'm going to be completely transparent because I just am like we're in the negative. Like financially, if you look at our finances, like we have spent more money than we've made this year, this fiscal year. And 2017 was fabulous. 2018, not as great. And then this year, I'm pretty much, I made a lot of mistakes last year, so I'm trying to fix those mistakes, and that's just kind of what it looks like. Um, we didn't have an inventory system last year, first of all, so when I was ordering materials for our necklaces to be made, I was ordering just from my head, and at the time, we weren't, like, 
offsetting products and offsetting designs that weren't doing well. So we just had tons of designs on the website, too many. And I didn't realize that some weren't doing well. So I was just reordering so much stuff. And we also have a ton of stuff. Eric saw my quote unquote warehouse, aka basement slash garage um, in our house. And we have so much stuff. And I had no way of knowing how much stuff we had. And at my old house, it was an even smaller space. So I had stuff in my car. I had stuff in our front porch. I had stuff in my bedroom. I mean, it was insane. And so I was ordering all these things blindly and just spending way too much money on materials that we didn't need. So now I have this massive surplus of materials and in turn just spent way too much money. And in 2017, fiscally, we did fabulous. I mean, So I was spending money on things and I wasn't being as careful as I needed to. So then in 2018, I was being careless. Our sales started going down, like I said, because of the algorithm and probably other things. Um, And at the time, I don't think I was putting enough focus in our social media and like making it consistent. I mean, I've learned so much about like your aesthetic and like now we use the same filter on every single photo and I have an app that I plan my posts and we have every single day we have consistently that we're posting different things on the story and we do IGTVs once a week. I mean, we've, I've learned so much in the last year and it's, I've seen it help so much, but I think last year, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I felt a hundred percent like, for me, like not happy, like I'm a very happy person, but like, I guess confident in myself, like I'd gained some weight and I mean, it wasn't like anything major, but just for me, like I wasn't feeling great about myself. And I think that reflected in the business. I was planning on moving from Atlanta last year and it just ended up not working out. And so I was in Atlanta for another year, which I mean, not to bash Atlanta. It's just not for me. I just don't like it. I love all the people here. Like I have so many friends here, but I feel like for creative and like for what I do. And Eric, I'm sure you can relate. Like it's just not the place. And so I wasn't really happy here. Um, I don't know. It was like a culmination of things. And then on top of that, I realized I made all these mistakes financially. My, our sales weren't doing very well. We started doing trunk shows. We do trunk shows every year and the feedback just like, wasn't great. Like we used to like sell out at trunk shows and girls just like weren't buying anything. And it's hard. I mean, you're literally, I'm literally standing there with things that I designed that I made by hand and girls are just walking past it or they're just like picking things up and not buying anything. I mean, that's a shot to your ego and that's like a shot to your heart. Cause I mean, people are just like negatively responding to something that you made and it sucks. And I just wasn't used to that. I think I got too comfortable for sure with like success and with things going well. And I don't think I got lazy because I'm definitely not a lazy person, but I got complacent and I wasn't challenging myself. And I like it went from like me working until like 3am every night and being super driven and like amped for trunk shows and amped to get up every day to like, I, I got comfortable with having help. So I was letting people do things that like I should have been more present in and I should have been like checking up on more because no one's going to do things like you do. And so things were getting messy on the back end and I just wasn't realizing it. And I travel a ton for work and for pleasure. And I think I was just traveling too much. Like I had the help. And so I felt like I could leave a lot and I just shouldn't have left as much as I should. Um, And so I don't know. Yeah. Things just like weren't great. And I did this whole rebrand thing this past year. I've, um, and I was really focused on like followers and like getting more followers. Like all I wanted was more followers. And now I've focused more on like, like what about the people that I already have? What about the people that engage with us and have been customers for us for years? Like those are the people that I need to be focused on. I don't give a shit how many followers I have. Like I need to be focused on the people that already are with the brand. And so I've engaged a lot more on Instagram. I used to never respond to DMs because I would have like 200 and I was like, I'm too busy for that. But then my friend Casey was like, 
these people that are reaching out to you, even if they want to be ambassadors or they want to work with you and like you don't want to work with them, like they're reaching out to you because they care about you and your brand. Like you need to respond to every single thing. And like I was, it was like a wake up call. It's like, oh my God, you're so right. And I think that goes for bloggers and everything. Like your job, you have it because of the people that follow you. So if you're not responding to every comment and every question, hire someone and get help because you have to do that in order to be relevant and in order to like keep people's trust and be consistent. Um, so I learned a lot from that. And then recently I actually had this like come to Jesus thing. Um, I have this consultant that I work with and she's incredible. She's like a second mom to me and like I love her and she loves me. And I've worked with her for about a year and I just got back from Europe. We had just done our rebrand and um, I also made some mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes with the rebrand. Um, I did some things that were probably not tasteful and were too edgy. I had like a two hour long crying, literally sobbing conversation with my mom, um, about it. Cause my whole family is super involved in my business. Um, and I was just like making mistakes and like making decisions that like weren't right. And it sucked because I wouldn't get that feedback until after I already did that. And when I'm posting things to 60,000 people, yeah, they're not all seeing it, but like you can't really make mistakes like that. And, um, it was scary. And so when I got back from Europe this past time after I did the rebrand, I had a meeting with my consultant and I hadn't met with her in a really long time. And we sat down and she was like, you're not going to like what I have to say. And it was a two and a half hour conversation. I don't cry really. I was sobbing for two and a half hours. And she was telling me like, I mean, she was disappointed in me and she felt like the advice that she had been giving me for a year, I just hadn't listened to. And I've just been like going rogue and like all these other people we've met with kind of feel the same way. And like, I just have never felt like such a failure. And I had to go to therapy after that. I've never been to therapy before. I mean, I felt so broken. I was supposed to go to the beach with my friends that weekend. And I ended up just going home because I mean, I, and I remember sitting in my car after that meeting, cried in, for an hour, went for a walk after, when I got home. I mean, I've always been so trusting in myself and I always trust my gut. And I've, I'm a very confident person in that way. And I just felt like I was stripped of everything. And we were even talking about in the meeting, like, what would I do if Ron Rebellious just plummeted now? Like, what the heck would I do? And I was like, I don't know, because I haven't even thought about that because things have been going so well. And I'm also such a positive person where, like, if something bad happens, I try to think of, like, the good in it, like, always. And so I think a lot of the bad things that were happening in my business, rather than being realistic about it and taking it seriously, I was like putting a positive spin on it, which is great in some instances, but also I need to like be realistic about things and look at the numbers, which I'm not a numbers person. So like, and I need to be better about that. But anyways, all that being said, it was like a huge, like probably the lowest of the low that I've been in my business um, because someone that I respect and love, and she said all this out of love. And I know she did because she cares about me and like wants me to succeed. But someone that I love and care about and that I respect from a business perspective and from a personal perspective, perspective was telling me that everything I was doing was wrong and that sucks to hear I mean it was horrible and I didn't even really tell anyone about this um it took me a while to even tell my parents and um like I said I went to therapy it helped me a lot I journal a lot and so I journaled about it it helped me a lot and um I'm in such a better place now and I've learned so much and the business is like popping again because I I feel good. Like I'm happy with myself and I'm happy with where I am in my life. And I've learned so much in the last couple of years and I've changed so much since I graduated college two years ago. 
and I feel so good personally and just like in my business like I think that's shown through and like right now like I could not be happier with how everything is so it's just like a roller coaster like it's goes up it goes down but you can't anticipate it going down you just got to enjoy it when it's great and when it's bad learn from your mistakes and just keep trying because you can get yourself out of it but if you let all the bad negative things like overtake you it's so easy to just give up but if you just don't give up and like you're going to mess up, but just learn from that and it'll be okay. And you'll figure it out. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even know some of that stuff. Yeah, so I, I've I, never really told anyone a lot of that. Thank so. you for being transparent and honest. Yeah, of course. So I want to hang on here for one second and then we'll go to a more okay. lighter fun topic. Yeah. Because, and, and the reason for that is because I feel like not a lot of us can relate to having an amazing brand like Ron Rebellious in our repertoire. A lot of us can't relate to having 60,000 Instagram followers. A lot of us can't relate to having all the amazing models and public figures that constantly wear your pieces that yeah. I see you posting, and that's amazing. But I think every one of us can relate to those personal struggles, the I made a big mistake, how am I going to get myself out of this moments. And so I just want to ask you, and this is more even from just a personal place where I'm at, so I can completely empathize with what you're saying. And, and even the, the person that's listening to this and this question I want to ask you is a lot of people that are struggling right now go to friends for advice, maybe go to the internet, and all we hear is don't give up, just keep going. And I think that there is complete truth in that, and that is the truth. But for someone that recently got out of that, is that's a really hard thing to swallow because – when you're at your lowest of lows, like you're looking for something action oriented, at least for me, because I know you and I are very similar since mm -hmm. we're very type A's, we're very go, go, goes, we're very loud, we're very like, we bring people together. Yes. And yes. so for us just to kind of hear like, don't give up, keep going. Yes, it's true. And yes, I'm like, okay, that's, you yeah. know, pat myself <laughs> on the back. But like, there's not a lot of tangible actions in that. There's not, you know, for me, because I'm always looking to the next thing or this, that, and the Same, other. Always. Like for me being in that lowest of low spot, like I'm looking for that, like what's that next step? Like it doesn't need to be elite, but what's that crawl? Like what's that thing that can get me out of this? And I really struggled of kind of being in this unknown of like, well, shoot, like I don't know what it is. So I want to ask you like, for someone that's listening today that, that feels like they're in that lowest of lows or they made a mistake or you know, there's still something in their past that's grappling them or their business is going bad and they just can't seem to, to, to grasp that next thing and all they keep hearing is, well, just don't give up, keep trying. Like, what what advice or tips, you know, and it doesn't have to be general, like even for you personally, like what was those one to two or three things that you were like, tangibly, this is what I did and this helped me get out of that? I would say I have... And I've, you always find this in times, like I got really sick recently. Um, and when I was going through all that stuff with my business, those are the times when you really figure out like the people that you have in your life. And I have the most incredible support system in my life. I mean, the people you surround yourself with a hundred percent shape who you are. And I think that's so important. I mean, especially that's one thing since I've graduated college, you just got to cut people out that aren't there for you and that aren't affecting your life positively and you got to keep those people close that are really great and I think through this business especially I've met so many incredible people like you that I am constantly inspired by that are positive impacts in my life and that are there for me when I need them and I would say I mean I think therapy number one I think it's a lot less taboo than it used to be 
but holy shit, was it great? I mean, I'd never done it before and I've thought about doing it. Like, not that I even thought I needed it, but just to like be like, be more introspective and like whatever. Um, I've thought about doing it, but when I did it, it totally, totally helped me. So I would hundred percent recommend there'd be just like talking to someone that doesn't know you and that won't judge you. And you can say anything you want, just getting all that stuff off your chest and saying all the things that have been like deep, deep, deep down that you're so scared of that you're so worried about and just saying them out loud. It helps so much. And I know I said journaling, which sounds kind of mundane, but like getting all your thoughts out on paper helps. I have a work journal. I have a personal journal. I have a gratitude journal. I have, I mean, I have a one line a day journal. I have like a million journals and I'm constantly just writing because it also just helps you gain that perspective when you're in your lowest of your low. And I was writing, crying while I was writing things down. And I look at it now. I'm like, but look at me now. I'm okay. And I got through that. And that's so powerful because I had the resilience and I picked myself up and I did that. And so I think that's so important. Like just writing it down, even the next day, you could go back and read it and be like, I already feel better than I did yesterday. And so I think number one, you have to take care of yourself, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Like I said earlier, your business is you. And if you're not okay, then your business is not going to be okay. So take a step back. You need to focus on yourself. You need to build yourself back up and make yourself happy. And whatever that may be, whether that's, you know, getting outside and going for a walk or like going for a run or, you know, calling up your best friend or calling up your mom or journaling or going to therapy, whatever those things are, I think you need to figure that out first. Um, And I know, and I hate cliches, but like cliches are cliches because people say them all the time because they really do work. But I mean, not giving up is as much of a cliche as it is like it's so true because if you just like push 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 and you just keep trying like just keep shooting your shot keep trying keep like if I I don't know whoever's listening to this like I don't know where you are and I don't know why you are where you are and what your business is or what your struggle is even if you don't have your own business and it's just personal struggles but just like keep fighting that because that darkness is like in your mind and that resistance is internal and you can create things to get through that yourself. That sounds very like abstract. I'm trying to think of a better way to word it. Um, but you're the only thing stopping yourself. And if you just really sit down and think and talk to people, like I went to so many people for advice after that really, really heart-wrenching meeting. And all those people were what helped me like get through that. And, um, so I would hundred percent recommend, like, you don't need to go around like telling everyone because I mean, there's a lot of people I didn't tell and that's not because I didn't trust them or I didn't love them, but I chose people whose opinions I trusted and who I knew would like, like give it to me straight and help me and give me like tangible advice. And so I'd be choosy and I would go to those certain people and I would tell them everything and just get their advice and get, don't be afraid to show that you don't know what you're doing. No one knows what they're doing. Get help and ask for help. And I think by going to those people and being introspective and just like continuing to push through whatever it is that you're struggling with would 100% help if I hope that's helpful. And I have Ron Rebellious and I have my personal Instagram. If you're going through anything, whether it's business or personal, I have people ask me questions, you know, about business and things all the time. I would be more than happy if I can help to help you and give you advice like in any way I can. So please, you know, slide into those DMs. Um, but yeah, I would just say keep pushing, um, and take care of yourself. Cause I think that's the most important thing. I want to transition to a fun topic that we can all relate to. Yay. <laughs> and that's called dating. Mm. 
So, uh, wah, wah. <laughs> well, first I have to say, uh, and unfortunately for you, fortunately for me, like 80% of my, my listeners right now are female. Yes. So, but there is a 20% in there. There so are some I, dudes. So I so, can't so. put myself out to all well, the guys out there. Well, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I, I highly recommend that if you're looking for a strong woman who is just the right amount of intentional and basic, <laughs> I I one thousand percent, and I say that seriously. It sounds jokingly so because you can't be too much intentional and or too, too much basic. basic. Yeah. Like I love your balance of like, <laughs> and I say like basic has a very bad connotation. I feel like, but like I like being around basic people because I think we all have some basic in us in the sense that like we don't have to go travel the world for you to feel happy. Like yeah. there's something special about just being with someone wherever you are and like to me that's yeah that's an element present. of being basic yeah. and so i i, I want to clarify that yeah. statement but <laughs> like, what do you mean 100 <laughs> i would recommend if you're a dude you're looking for someone beautiful and all that like Sarah, oh, sarah's room so but so i want to here's where i want to talk about this because you are 1000 percent. as i've already said on this podcast like a go-getter a type a'er a strong woman like Talk to me about the struggles of being all that. And I and I hate generalities. And so I don't want to no, assume anything. Yeah, not at but all. But what I know for a fact is from a standpoint of being a male and looking at my friends, I do not struggle with this at all. Like like deep down, I hope I end up with someone like you who's very strong and willed and smart and has her own thing. But for a lot of dudes, that's like super intimidating. And there's a whole reasons why. But again, this podcast episode is about you, and and I just did an episode about dating from a guy's perspective. And we yeah, kind of talked about be taking notes on that one. <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, it stems from this lack of like to me really quickly, and then I want you to talk about this. But a lot of men right now, young men or even in men of any age, are struggling with identity, and they're struggling with not being intentional with women, and it's very much this again. Like I hate stereotyping things and talking about things and generalities because I just don't think life's that way at all especially when talking about relationships there's so many factors but I really generally believe that so many young guys today are so fascinated with the pursuit that they don't know what to do once they actually catch a girl Mm -hmm. that they're just like oh we should just sleep together and da 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 and then we should just kind of see where it goes and they're not very intentional after that and I think that that is heartbreaking to me for a lot of reasons but I want to, again, back to the original question for you is talk to me about the struggles, if at all. Again, I don't want to assume anything or just even kind of your you don't need to name names. This isn't TMZ. This isn't like Ron Rebellious <laughs> Gate. Expose, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but like talk to me about that, because, again, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I just I'm going to assume like that it's different than just being the everyday girl. Like there are challenges of being an entrepreneur. There are challenges of owning your own business and trying to date. There are challenges of, because again, it stems from this idea that you already touched on. And I know a thousand percent to be true that our personal lives affect our business like a ton. And I I know I've caught myself and I'm still trying to figure out like, do I let the guard down even more, but even more in my life, like I'm even more on guard of letting someone in because I know how much it can affect me. And then as a byproduct will affect my business. And I'm like, I got to find the right person that understands right. me and and likely what it, it nets out to be. And you have people like Sarah Blakely who married Jesse Itzler, who's also mm-hmm. an entrepreneur is yep. not that we're better than anyone, but like entrepreneurs can relate to entrepreneurs on another level that totally. if you haven't started your own business, yes, you can look at this from afar. And I'm not saying this is like a pinkies up, like Haha, yeah. <laughs> better than you, but like you just 
Like I can just, just sit across from it. you and I understand you yeah, a thousand percent. Exactly. So talk to me about how you approach dating, some struggles, just anything around the topic of Sarah dating. Smith and dating. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, well, I had a boyfriend on and off for a really long time from like senior year of high school until senior year of college. So when I graduated, we broke up and I was just like, I just want to be single. Like I want to be selfish. I want to do what I want to do. I'm like a huge traveler. And I'm like I said earlier, I'm like very spontaneous with everything. And I just loved like being selfish with my time, being able to hop on a plane whenever I wanted to and not having to tell anyone where I'm going. He used to get mad at me because I used to get too drunk, which like I did. And so I was just like off the wall, like do whatever I want. I want to get too drunk. No one's going to tell me not to. Um, and which I, and also I lose a lot of stuff all the time. So it was good having a boyfriend because he would like hold my purse and stuff. And, um, now I just lose everything because I don't have anyone like picking things up after me. Like I was, we were downstairs earlier and I was looking for my phone. No idea where it is. I lose everything all the time. Um, but anyways, I mean, I think dating definitely is a struggle for everyone. Like I don't necessarily feel, and it's funny that you said that about guys being intimidated because I have, um, a ton of like really, really close guy friends that are like my best, best, best friends. Um, I always have. And, um, they've like, I've like talked to them. I'm like, what the F is wrong with me? Like, why am I single? Cause like at this point now, like I'd be open to having a boyfriend. I'm not like dying to have one, but like there was a long time when I was super against it and I just wanted to be single. But, um, I've been single for like two years. So now I'm like, all right to have a boyfriend. And I'm like, what the heck? And, people have said like, oh, like maybe people are intimidated by you. And like, to me, that just kind of sounded like bullshit because if you know me, like there's no reason to, be. I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I get it, but also like, I don't like just grow up, like who cares? Um, but people have like, like my guy friends have been like, well, maybe like guys are just intimidated by you because you have a, uh, like you own your own business and blah, 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 which I mean, could be the case. I mean, you said it. So maybe that is true. Um, but I'm also like crazy picky and I mean, I, I'm young and like, I want to be picky. Like I don't want to just settle for something. And it's, what's really hard is just being in the South and being a 20 something. And I know you can relate to this, but being a girl is times 10. Um, I have so many friends that are married already. I have so many friends that are engaged. I have so many friends that are getting engaged and there's just that like constant pressure and my parents, neither of them are from the South. So they do not pressure me at all to settle down at all. Um, but there's just still that constant pressure of like, you're still single, you're going to have to date for X amount of years before you get married. And then you're going to want to be married for X amount of years before you have kids. And like that clock is always ticking, which I mean, I'm 25. So I'm still like not even thinking about that. Like I am still a child. But at the same time, like that pressure is just like the little nagging voice in the back of your head. So there's always that, which is super annoying. And then like you go up north or like I travel a ton and I always meet people from like I make friends from wherever and they will be like 30 single just traveling the world don't really know what they're doing with their lives but it's like normal for them and in the states especially in the south like you got to get your shit figured out young you get married young you get settled down young and that's just like how the timeline goes um but I feel like I don't relate to that as much which is another reason I want to get the heck out of the south I love the south but um I I think I'd like the west a lot more I'm planning on moving to Denver um side note um, which is also nicknamed Menver, which I'm super excited about because there's so many guys there. So fingers crossed there. I'm like I said, I'm just like super picky. So like last year I was me and Eric were just talking about how much dating sucks. Um, and I went on like a ton of dates. I was on like Hinge, Bumble, whatever, um, which nothing against apps at all. Like I think that's great. And I think that's just the age that we're in, unfortunately. But um, it just like wasn't really for me. And I think that if I was really, really wanting a boyfriend, then I would do that. But like 
I was more just doing it to like meet people and make friends. And my mom was like, oh, just like put on there that you want something casual. I'm like, okay, then that means I want a one night stay in mom. Like I can't put that on my profile. Um, and so yeah, I, I like did the dating thing and it just like was so monotonous. And like, I don't know, like not to stereotype every guy in Atlanta and like not that this is a bad thing, but like every guy was like, oh, I'm in like finance. Like, oh, I'm this. And then I hunt on the weekends and then I go to Gulf Shores every year with my family. And I'm like, everyone's just the same. And I was just like kind of bored, you know, if I went on a date with you and you're listening to this and like you were great, but <laughs> But I don't know. It just like wasn't like nothing was like interesting to me. And like what I really want with someone is someone that's like intelligent, funny and like interesting. Like I want to be able to talk to you for hours and not get bored. And um, I just like wasn't really finding that. And I mean, I don't feel like a lot of my friends now um, have boyfriends or are engaged. And so that does kind of suck because like when we first graduated, we were all single and it was so fun. Um, and I feel like everyone's kind of like getting engaged, moving into their boyfriends, settling down. And like, I'm just in a completely different place in my life, which is another reason why I want to move. Um, but like, I don't feel like I'm not sad about that. Like I have so many incredible friends and I think the last two years being single, like, especially with my guy friends, like I have friendships and relationships with so many people that I wouldn't have as close and strong friendships with if I had been dating someone. And I see that with my friends that do have boyfriends. They're not as close with people that we graduate that we went to college with or from high school that I am because I have more time to put into my friendships. And I mean, this is what I always tell my friends or like people that go through breakups, like we are in our 20s and you are single, this is the only time you're going to be able to be selfish and do what you want to do, live where you want to live, work where you want to work, go where you want to go, be with who you want to be with, like for the rest of your life. Because once you get married, you're, and once you're in a relationship, you have responsibilities to that other person and then you have kids and then you're done for. So, I mean, this is the time to like live and be single and like figure out who the hell you are. I mean, I've learned so much about myself in the last couple years and like, I'm still learning so much about myself every single day. And that journey would not have happened if I was with someone. And I even look back, like, like I said, I journal a lot and I look back, I mean, there's guys that I've like had crushes on here and there, like whatever. And I'm like, Oh, like, why don't they like me? Why aren't they making anything happen? Why won't anything work? And I think back to like where I was personally at the time. And like, I wasn't even ready for anything. Like I was still like not a hundred percent like confident in myself and like comfortable with myself and happy with myself. So how the hell am I going to be in a relationship if I can't bring all that? Like, I don't want to bring baggage into something. I want to be perfectly happy and okay on my own and not depend on someone else for that before I'm in anything. Um, and so I think that's really important. But I mean, as far as like struggles, I mean, 2019 is just a shitty time to try to get in a relationship. I mean, I think on both sides, like me and my guy friend were talking about like everyone loves a chase. Like I love the chase. Like if a guy doesn't like me and is ignoring me, oh, I'm all about it. I'm like so into them if they're not showing me attention. But if they're showing me attention, I'm like, and eh, like this is boring. And then the guys are the same way. Like guys love a girl that's unavailable. And so we're like, who like when is anyone going to get in a relationship like how is that going to happen and now there's snapchat and so guys think and not to bash guys here eric i'm sorry but rather than texting you which is just too much of a commitment these days they just snapchat you so like if you like meet a guy or like yeah have a little fun with them one night or whatever whatever happens 
and rather than like texting you the next day or the next week, they'll just start sending you Snapchats. And you don't know, like, are these mass Snapchats? Do I Snapchat back? They disappear. And then they'll start DMing you through Snapchat because guess what? It disappears. So there's literally no strings attached, no commitment. And that is so freaking frustrating to me. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm horrible at the whole like playing the game thing. Like I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. And so like I know guys like playing hard to get. But if I like you, like I've just... I'll shoot my shot like 50 like I, I me and Lucy my roommate like we have a motto for 2019 to just shoot shots like if, if we're driving down the road and we see guys running on the on the sidewalk we always like cat call them like we just like shoot shots all the time um and like like why not like who cares like if they don't like you back and they don't respond to it fine but at least you know you tried so I'm very bad at playing hard to get if I really like someone um and that could bite me in the butt. I don't know. But I think like the whole just like culture of like social media and online and just like expectations that people have or like it's scary too online dating. They see your picture and like you're scared that when you people see you in person, they're not going to think you're like as good looking or whatever as the best photos that you choose of yourself. You know, so like all those pressures and all those things, I think definitely play into dating. And I mean, it's hard for sure. But I think I'm just going to wait till I go to Colorado and find me like a mountain man. <laughs> Can't wait to see you with the brawny man. Oh, yeah. But uh, a couple of observations on things you said. And then either I want to see if you have a comment back or we'll kind of move on. Yeah. Because uh, I think we could both talk about this forever. But one of the things that I'm like really fascinated about um, recently is this idea of like my subconscious. Mm -hmm. So like, what are things that are affecting me that I don't even realize? Ah. And, and so as it relates to dating, so one of the things you said, and as, as, as I'm starting is again, so I'm, I'm not a grandpa, but I'm getting there. So I turned 28 in two and a half weeks. And so I don't for, know if we're going to be able to hang out anymore. <laughs> That's going to be a big gap. You're like, so be my dad. for me doing the whole math thing, like it, it's definitely like, I'm yeah. like, wow, like I'm already in, I'm, <laughs> You're like your math there. game, you're still you can still end with a two in front, nine's with a three, and so that that'll really wake Young you up. Young whippersnapper over here. One of the things you said that really just popped this thought in my head that's I'm willing to kind of jump in here is you know you're like, gosh, like what's wrong with me? You know, you're talking about talking to your guy yeah. friend, and, you, and and I think that I've even had that own conversation with myself. But again, back to this idea of subconscious self awareness. We're getting older. We're realizing who we are. Is I think one of the challenges with being, and this is just like real raw and rebellious, honest thoughts of like <laughs> Getting raw. being an entrepreneur. And I think that that term also is like so overused mm -hmm. right now. And so whatever like you think about when you hear me say that word, like there's definitely a connotation in 2019 about that. Some good, some bad. Um, is this idea that like if you're truly are one, which you a thousand percent are, I, I can tell you that without a shadow of a doubt, like you were never born to just be another number like and so i think what i'm saying is like you're not just vanilla or or you're you're so unique in who you are as a woman that i think that it's natural that you would have those thoughts of like what's wrong with me or do i need to be a little bit less this or a little bit less that but mm -hmm. i think the the true answer to the question and one that i've really had to struggle with myself when i've gone on dates or other things like that or I've had bad breakups, or you know, the more that I've gotten older, the more I've stepped into who I know I'm supposed to be. As I looked back, and again, this is just my personal story, could may or may not be for you, but I really realized I wasted so much time trying to dilute who I was because I so desperately wanted the outcome of the relationship or this, that, and the other. More of like my words of encouragement to you is just to like be confident in who you are. And again, that's so cliche, but like 
you are the way you are. Like God made you the way you are for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it's so unique that I think for me, from one entrepreneur to another and someone that's just a a touch older than you (laughs) is like, I wasted so much time, energy, effort, sleepless nights, tears, whatever, fill in all the blanks of of wishing that I wasn't who I was or or questioning like, God, like, why did you make me this way? Like, why do I wear my feelings on my sleeve? Why does it always hurt this hard? Why do I always fall so easy for someone and they always throw me under the gutter? Like, why didn't this work out? And then the more that I'm getting older and stepping into running my own business, I'm starting to realize like those things that I like basically like prayed against or were mad at God for like, why'd you make me this way? are actually the things that are going to allow me to be successful right? and the things that I need to be able to run a company and and to be able to empathize with others and to easily love people and to bring people together and to care so much because that's what keeps us going. Like you talked about right. staying up till three and making jewelry and it's those are the things that make you so special and unique that I hope that you would never be like me in the sense that I wasted so many years just trying to be vanilla, like right. trying to dilute myself because I wanted to fit in. But like we were never born to fit in. Right. And so that's just a thought that like I've really been thinking a lot lately. The more I talk to people and the more I kind of grow myself and like I learn and the more you, the farther you get down this journey of like running your own business, you're like, gosh. And so as it relates to dating, you know, I think it's going to take someone for you that like sees that in you and doesn't want to dilute that in you and doesn't look at Sarah and say like, I wish you didn't run your own company or like, look, like I'm a big you know, banker, financier, like I work for EY, I work for, you know, PwC, like I got it. Like, you know what, you can just go live the jet setting life or whatever it is. Cause yeah. like you said, you're gonna get bored. And and it's, and, and, I, and again, I'm just kind of throwing thoughts out in the air as it relates to you or just people that are listening that I just think that we're all made who we are for a reason. And the the less we try to change that and the more we step into it, I just think we get to where we need to be quicker I, I just think that for dating, like, there are so many people, and again, t- back to subconscious and just the way life's playing out for you and for I, or just even for you, as I can see, look at you from afar, is like, you're growing and stepping into who you are so much faster than everyone else that's just living this everyday life. And again, I think that a lot of people, like, try to hate on the everyday lifers or the corporate America people, and that's that's not what I'm saying, and that's not what I believe, because I think we all have a purpose, whether you're the janitor or the CEO or whoever, like... Like you need the whole team to move to move the business forward. And so I think for you, it's just really about finding that unique person as unique as you are. It's going to take even a more unique person for you, because I just I hate this idea that like, I don't know, we're going to get married and it's all going to fall apart. Because I think I think that we all have that notion of like. I agree with what you said about like, this is your time to be you and to be wild or to be free or whatever. But I also there's a part of me that like believes that that shouldn't be true or or maybe it does or just wants it not to be true because I look at other people like Sarah Blakely, Whitney Wolfherd and all these amazing female entrepreneurs that are like married and have kids like Sarah has like three or four kids. Yeah. Whitney is pregnant now like and they're still doing their thing. And I think behind that is a man who sees her, the entrepreneur, the woman, their wife for who they are and just says, I believe in you. I support you. I know this is your God-given calling and purpose. So even though, yes, we're married and, we're, and you're a mom, like, keep going, you know? No, totally. And I don't think, well, first of all, like, I don't want anyone to think that I'm bashing anyone that, like, gets married young or anything like that. I mean, everyone has a different path. And, like, 
all my friends that are in relationships and that are engaged and are married are so freaking happy and I'm so stoked for them and like they're in love and that's amazing. I just haven't found that yet and that's just not my path. Um, But I didn't mean to say like think that when you get married and when you get in a relationship things just go to shit and like you don't get to live your life. Like I think if you're with the right person they will lift you up to be your best self and they'll make you better. I think I just meant that like this is your time if you are single and you're like sad about it rather than dwelling in it no one's gonna want to be with you if you're just like a sad mopey single person like people want to be with someone that that like is a light in a room so like use that time to just like find yourself and like do anything that you want to do just do it because you can you know so I think that's what I meant by just like being single and like taking advantage of that like just take full advantage of it rather than like kind of wallow in it and I also always hear like when you're looking for someone you're not going to find anyone it's always when you're not looking and that's been true with me and my past I've only dated seriously two guys um and that's been true in both times um I you never find someone when you're looking for them I mean when I met my ex-boyfriend it was in Panama City on spring break at a Juicy J concert so (laughs) and we dated on that for like four years so if that's not love then I don't know what the hell is but um but I know I love what you're saying about like not stifling yourself because I think everyone guys and girls struggle with that and rather than like look at what why the other person doesn't fit in with who you are you're tearing yourself down and you're second guessing I mean when you're in a date and you can probably relate to this it's exhausting because not only are you like talking so much and like trying to get to know someone but you're also analyzing how do I look right now how am I moving my mouth am I chewing weird am I breathing weird like oh my god I have to pee but like we're in the middle of conversation like you're thinking about everything and you're like over analyzing everything you do and I think that's true too with like breakups and stuff you just you're like what is wrong with me but like really like hindsight's 2020 like I said earlier and like you're gonna look back and be like that person wasn't right for me like that's why it didn't work out and you talk about God's plan and like there's a plan for everything and like you're like things happen the way they're supposed to happen you just don't realize it at the time and just like I said like past things like when I've liked guys or I've been talking to guys and it hasn't worked out and I look back that's why I love journaling so much because I look back and I'm like holy shit that's why it didn't work out like I'm an idiot of course it wasn't supposed to work out you know and um but no I think that's so true like not to dilute yourself because when you are very you are created for a reason and you you're there's only one of you which sounds dumb but like it's so true so like be who you are and you don't want to be with someone I mean I talk about the chase and I'm guilty of it like uh, girls love a bad boy girls love a project girls love all that stuff you know I don't know why we do but we do and I'm definitely not mature enough to want you know the good guy that's like nice to me and like shows me attention yet but I'm getting there um and I think that like with the whole chase thing and I've heard this on podcasts and stuff before and it's something I need to internalize. It's like, why would you want someone who doesn't like see like you're a freaking catch? Like you're a catch. I'm a catch. Why do we want to be with someone that doesn't see that for who we are? Like you see these movies and you read these books where these guys or these girls are like chasing after people or like I have friends and I see like how people are pursuing people that they like. Like you should be pursued and you should want to be pursued and you should have enough respect for yourself that you and you and like love yourself enough, like truly love your flaws and everything amazing about you that someone else should come in and like pursue you. And I don't think someone will come in and do that until you're at that point for yourself. Like until you really do love yourself, because like I said earlier, no one's going to be attracted to a mopey person. You have energy and you exert energy and the energy you put out. I'm all about the universe and all about all that woo woo. And the energy that you put out into the universe is what you're going to get back. So if you're 
thinking you're not good enough and you're telling yourself that you're not good enough, no one's going to come along. And if they do come along, they're not going to be good enough for you either because you're putting out there that you're not good enough. So if you're putting out there that you want to be with someone that's amazing and you love yourself and you're amazing, then someone amazing is going to eventually come along. Um, but I completely agree with everything you said. I think that's all very true. So we're definitely going to have to have you back on because <laughs> yes. we are already at an hour Yikes. and I try to keep things short and by any means not saying stop talking, but no, I want to end on there's cause there's so many questions I like <laughs> wanted to ask you, but never even got to, we'll but I, I know we'll what, what I know what we record is amazing stuff. Yay. So I want to end, let's take it back to Ron Rebellious to kind of close this out today. Okay. Talk to me about, because I actually know this story, so I know this is true, so I'm kind of setting you up here. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about your approach on inclusivity, how you think about people that are showing up in your your advertisements or just really kind of who you are as a brand, because I think it's so unique, and I think it's something that's really special and may not be so obvious to the person that maybe pops on Ron Rebellious' Instagram page for the first time, but really, if they spend any time following you guys, like, they're going to see it, but... Talk to me about how you approach inclusivity, how you even, I know for a fact, again, I know I'm putting words in your mouth, but just want to make sure you touch on it, special needs and, and your heart for that. Because I think that what makes you so unique is that you're one of the most like type A, amazing, loud, life of the party, everyone sees me in the room, people. But what really stands out to me about you, because I know this is true because you've treated me this way and I'm so thankful for it, is you're also like the most caring, calming, like, yes, I'm all over the room and look at me and I do all this stuff, but yet you can be, you can like on a dime, you can pivot and be like the most like, how are you? Let's have a conversation, one-on-one, like lift people up. And Thank and I you. think that that's going to speak to this answer of how you, because it's who you are, of this inclusivity of people from different walks of life, of gender and race and in mm -hmm. life circumstances. So talk to me about that. And that's how we'll end this episode. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, this is my favorite question of all, cause this is like my biggest passion. Um, so I've grown up working with people with special needs and people with disabilities. Um, so I've had a lot of experience with it. And I think for me, I need to be fulfilled and I need to be happy in what I'm doing. And I wouldn't be fulfilled by just having a fashion company or having a jewelry company. Like I need it to mean something. And ultimately I want to like make a difference in the world. And I mean, as far as inclusion goes, I think social media and society has come a really long way. I won't discount that, but I think it's almost like gone too far in one direction. I mean, you see advertisements now and you'll see kids with Down syndrome or girls in wheelchairs and things like that. But a lot of the time, not all the time, or you see Facebook videos where people share it. They're like, oh my God, like this boy in a wheelchair got asked to prom like this is amazing whatever and it is it's so beautiful but it's almost like giving it too much attention in the opposite way because you're still it's not inclusive because you're still showcasing that they are different than we are but they're not at all and I mean as far as like the commercials go that I'm talking about they'll be maybe a commercial with a girl in a wheelchair in it and it'll the campaign it'll be like a campaign that like I don't know, like beauty is like everywhere, or like something about like her still quote unquote being beautiful, even though she's in a wheelchair, quote unquote, which just like isn't a message I'm comfortable with. And I think, like I said, we've gone a long way and we've come a long way, but we need to like reel it in and go a different direction, I think. And that's something I want to do. I have this big platform and I want to use it. And we've done photo shoots and stuff in the past and probably not as many as I've liked. And I will continue to do more. They are just very, very hard to coordinate and hard to plan. Um, 
Well, we've done photo shoots and what we'll do is, I mean, I worked at a summer camp for a while with um, people with disabilities and then um, I volunteer out and coming at a center called Creative um, for, it's like continuing ed for people with special needs. Um, so I have a lot of connections and I have a ton of friends with special needs um, that are so incredible and just like gorgeous girls and whatever. And so, and I wanted to give these girls an opportunity, number one, to get in front of a camera, to feel beautiful, to model. But also when I showcase it, when I post it, you don't need to say anything. You don't need to say anything about them being in a wheelchair. You don't need to say anything about them being different because they're not. And I think by doing it in that way and just like including girls in the mix of everything else on my website, on my Instagram, in videos, in photo shoots, but not making it about their disability and just making it about them being beautiful girls like everyone else. That's the message that needs to be spread. And that's what I'm passionate about in spreading. And I mean, I don't want it to just stop at inclusion because yes, I think my platform as we grow and as we continue to do projects like that will help to create a conversation and make change in that way. But I would also love to create jobs for people with disabilities. And that's something that I've, you know, I volunteer at that center um, out and coming and I've been so busy with other things lately and we haven't gotten a chance to actually, you know, act on this, but something that I plan to do in the next, you know, couple years is to actually employ people with special needs and create opportunities for them there because I think it's just so important. I mean, People with special needs are viewed sometimes as like childlike or less than or less capable. Um, but I mean, we all have things. We all have disabilities. We all have things that we need extra help with. And we all have things that we need special help with. And like we all have needs. Some, theirs are just sometimes more special than ours or theirs are just different than ours. But we all still have things that we need help with. And so they may need help getting dressed in the morning, but they can still do whatever we – you know what I mean? Like there's – like so many ways that we can make things accessible and make things an equal playing field for people. I just worked um, and I'm actually meeting with them tomorrow with this program called the Eagles program in Auburn. They just started two years ago um, and we did a fundraiser for them. And it's a program helping uh, students at Auburn with intellectual disabilities get the same opportunities, get a little extra help in classes and like throughout college to help them succeed in Excel and get the same opportunities that other students do. And I think that's so important because if you put them in the same playing field and you give those people the extra help, they're capable of anything. And you got to treat, you have to treat everyone equal. And that comes with gender, that comes with race, that comes with everything. I mean, I'm all about equality. And I think equal opportunity is just like huge. And I think everyone, if everyone got equal opportunity in life, like there'd be so much more diversity and so many more people would succeed. We just don't have that, which sucks. And I hate that. And that's not something that I can just change, you know, singularly. But I think, there's so many other people that are, you know, trying to create change in that um, field as well. But um, in saying all that, like, I guess with my platform, in order to be happy and feel like I'm making, I'm doing something with my life, I like, I always plan on working with people with special needs. That's what an occupational therapist, one of the like facets of occupational therapies, you can work with people with special needs. And that's what I always plan on doing. So I think for me to be fulfilled and be happy, I have to do that. And it's something that like, I love and just makes my heart so happy. And that's what makes me the happiest and to feel fulfilled. Um, and so I want to continue to do that and, you know, make a difference and create change and push boundaries and challenge people to think differently and just continue to preach, preach, preach this message because I think it's just so important. Wow, what an episode. I can honestly say Sarah was our most vulnerable and honest guest we've had to date. I love her courageous heart to take ownership of improving herself and admitting where she failed along the way. A true mark of a great leader. 
If we're being honest, we all need to be more like Sarah, as I know for so many of us, we let excuses and blaming others dominate our thoughts about why certain things haven't worked out the way we wanted them to. I believe once you can learn to truly know yourself and be honest with yourself, you set yourself up to get on track with the life you're created to live at its fullest potential. It's never about thinking if you will fail, but rather accepting we all are going to fail along the way, guaranteed. It's in those moments of getting back up, or giving up, that will define whether we succeed in life or not. To get in touch with Sarah, you can find her on Instagram at Sarah Smith. However, she spells her last name a little bit differently, and so it's it's S-M-Y-T-H. But you can also find Raw and Rebellious on Instagram at raw underscore rebellious. As always, I would love to hear from you with any questions or comments from today's episode or if you're needing encouragement. You can find me on my personal Instagram at Eric Michael Savage. I hope you have a great rest of your day and know whatever you're going through today will not define you if you let it.